I'm sure that the lay reader was not the only one who this morning said, have I got the right readings? We had those readings last week, and I, I, I think I gave warning, at least in my mind I gave warning, that I was going to return to it. Last week I tried to simply focus on what we all know as the golden rule, that there's a choice before us in this life that we can, we can seek the well-being of others and or not. And Jesus, it seems to me, it makes very, very clear that in seeking the well-being of others and trying to understand them and trying to understand what would be a blessing for them is actually, actually a way that we ourselves will be blessed. Um, it doesn't mean that everything will always be perfect, but it, it's very clear in the totality of the Lord's teaching that if we remain focused only on ourselves, we will perish. So there is a right focus on ourselves that we don't want to perish. <laughs> and, and there is a right way of us living in a world of other people. And so in, in some sense, this short three verses, chapter 7 of Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel, chapters, uh, verses 12, 13, and 14. In some sense, the first of these three verses is guidance for many choices, most of the choices of our life. Um, but what we're going to focus on today, the second and the third of these verses, is the single most important choice that any human being ever makes. And that is, what way will I go through this life? Will I take the easy route, the wide route, the way that most people go? Or will I take the narrow route? Will I take a narrow way? Will I take a way that is hard and that few find? That choice is the choice. The choice. It's not multiple, it's the. Now, to get to that choice, there has to be a foundational decision. And that foundational decision, in my judgment, is the decision that we first see and hear clearly in the Lord's life and teaching later in the Gospel of Matthew, when after having been with the disciples for some time, he will ask them, who are people saying that I am? Jesus asks his disciples that. Who are people saying that I am? And they're ready with some answers because people are given all kinds of answers about Jesus. But then Jesus looked straight at Peter and said to Peter, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Christian faith, Christianity, the Christian faith, the community that we are a part of by our showing up on this Sunday morning to be in this place, to worship the living God here together with song and piano music and, and prayers, we, we are here because of Jesus. We are here because Jesus to us is not just a nice guy or a good teacher or a friend or an, an emergency cord that we can pull 
from time to time if we have a real case of anxiety or distress. No, we are here because we believe, at least our outward behavior on a Sunday morning seems to say, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I've said often, and I'll say again, almost everything that really matters in the culture in which we live, almost everything that is good, almost everything that is true, almost everything that is right, has been totally influenced by nearly 2,000 years of the gospel being preached and people believing that it was true. And for 500 years in the church that we belong to, the Anglican family of the church, the foundational reality of this has been un unquestioned. It shaped the formation of our nation. It shaped the formation of this state. It shaped the formation of the laws and the patterns and the educational systems that Jesus Christ is the living God incarnate. And for centuries, for centuries, the church was firm in that conviction. I think it is not firm any longer. True Christian faith, <clears throat> pardon me, but something in the air has got me today. I think, I hope it's in the air. True Christian faith has to be personal. It has to be a decision. It has to be something that I decide is true. It has to be something that I decide to put my trust in, to yield my faith to, to give my life into the hands of another. Until the Christian faith becomes that real to me, that personal to me, if I'm fortunate, if God has blessed me, I may be in the midst of other believers, I may be surrounded by other believers. I may even have the blessing and the grace to be growing up in a culture that incubates that faith, as many of us in this room, I believe, did. If, I, if I'm in that, that is a blessing, but true Christianity does not become mine until I make a decision. Who do I think Jesus really is? Who do I think he is? Now, at that point, hearing about him and beginning to understand what he is saying leads me to that decision point. You know, and I know, we can hear about him a long, long time and not understand what we're hearing. I certainly know that's been true in my life, as I've said often, because I was a boy brought up in the hearing of these things. I heard these things said. And at some point in my childhood, at some point in my growing up, I began to believe it was true. Why did I believe it was true? Well, the people that were talking about these things seemed honorable. They seemed faithful. They seemed kind. They seemed decent. They seemed good. Most of all, they loved me. Because they loved me, I trusted what they said. So I had a notional idea about this Jesus, that he really was the Christ, the Son of the living God. But I had not come to any understanding that there was a transition from knowing about him to yielding my life to him. 
And that's what Jesus is trying to talk about today, in my opinion. He's telling us there is a way that leads to life, and it's not simple, it's not easy, it's narrow, and few go through that gate. But there is another way that is just as easy as pie. I shouldn't have mentioned pie today. <laughs> we, we need pie orders today. But, but just as easy as can be. No problem. It's like rolling down a hill. It's, it's simple and it's wide. And most people take that way. But it doesn't lead to life. It does not lead to life to life. And until I begin to see that, until I begin to recognize that what Jesus is saying is there's a choice that I must make that's hard. There's a choice that I might, must take that causes me to recognize I have gone astray. I have not been walking in the truth. I've not been living the truth. I have not been living in the light of the truth that Jesus came to reveal. And until I begin to see this, I don't recognize that I have ever so subtly, ever so unconsciously, largely, begun to just walk down the, the road that leads away from life, the easy road. When I, when I try to think back of all the things in my growing up years that I still remember with sorrow, that is to say, not that I don't remember that I am forgiven, but I remember that I did wrong. Those I hurt, those I took advantage of, those I lied to, those I cheated, those I, whom I pretended to be one way when I was another. When I remember all that, I, I have a sorrow, a pang, even though I know I've for, been forgiven in Jesus Christ. But do you know what I can honestly say at this juncture in my life? I knew those things were wrong. But it was real easy to go down that road. Everybody else seemed to be going down that road. And so, even though I had heard about this Jesus, and even though I had begun to have in my mind, because trusted people spoke to me about him, a sense that what they said was true, I was still going down the road that leads away from life. Jesus says, that leads to destruction. Because it was easy. Because I was selfish. And gradually I began to realize, because I was a sinner, lost, and on the road that leads to ruin. Once that moment of understanding comes, then what Jesus has said faces me with a decision. I have thought he was right. I have thought he was true. I thought what I was taught is real. I thought what I heard Sunday by Sunday was so. I thought what the hymns had taught me to sing and know still to this day. Hymns I learned as a child. But the decision I have to make is, do I believe it's true enough that I will give my life to a narrow way, a harder way, a way that most people are not choosing? 
That's the foundational decision. And until that decision is made, this teaching of our Lord today will just go in one ear and plop out the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Narrow gate, hard road, few find it. Broadway leads to destruction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turn on the television. Get some YouTube. Let that go. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but a man or a woman who has made a decision that Jesus is who he said he is, a man or a woman that has paid attention enough, has heard the gospel enough, has begun to understand it enough to recognize that if Jesus is who he says he is, he's telling the truth. And if I continue in that way, I'm continuing on the road to destruction. Or I can turn toward life in Christ, Jesus. Once that moment comes and that decision is made, then we pass through a narrow gate. And other places in the scripture, Jesus will say, we pass through an open door. Or another figure of speech he will give is, we enter into the sheepfold where he takes care of the sheep. He becomes our shepherd. He becomes our savior. He becomes our Lord. He, we belong to him. He has offered us life. He is offering us joy. He is offering us hope and peace and the fulfillment of everything for which we were created, and we've moved through that narrow gate. We've made that decision. I place my trust in you. I yield my heart to you. I ask you to forgive me for my waywardness and my stupidities and my errors and my sins, and I move through that gate. And there is, on the other side of that gate, an unspeakable joy that begins to invade my soul, there is almost always extraordinary emotional joy in that moment of moving through that narrow gate. And it happens when we trust. It happens when we believe. And the, the teaching of the Lord is it happens because of God's favor not because of your merit or your worth. But guess what, beloved? On the other side of that gate is a narrow road. It's a hard road sometimes. It's a road sometimes that will leave us in the dark. It's a road that sometimes will cause us to be tempted to doubt. It's a road that sometimes we will trip it's a road that sometimes we will take a side road that's doubling back to the beginning. And we have to keep making a decision, a choice. Am I going to go the way of the majority or the few? The way is wide and easy. And many, many enter it that leads to destruction. But the way is narrow and hard, and few find it, but it leads to life. If you think about your own life, as I've tried to think about mine, 
Is there anything in your life that was really worthwhile that you have done that was easy? If it was really worthwhile, is it easy for a woman to bear a child? It doesn't look like it from the man's point of view. From the man's point of view, as that old joke says, if, that, if men had babies, there'd only be one per family, right? There's a hard challenge to bearing a child, right? Some of you maybe were Atlanta Braves fans. Anybody? I don't, I don't want to get in trouble if there were some Astro people in the room. But, you know, you don't become a world-class baseball team without hard work. You can't be a good golfer without hard work. You can't be a good teacher without hard work. You can't be a good anything without hard work. Why would we imagine we can be good followers of Jesus Christ and it would be easy? The joyful mystery, the joyful mystery that I see before me this very morning is that we have found the narrow gate. And there's a sense in which it's a miracle that we found it. We found it, most of us, without realizing how desperately we needed it when suddenly there it was. Suddenly it was there because someone shared it with us. Suddenly it was there because somehow we heard about it. Suddenly it was there because we read about it. Somehow, suddenly, we found ourselves at the narrow gate. Those who find it are few. We have found it. We have heard. And we have walked through that gate. Please God, every one of us. But it ushers us on to a hard way, a challenging way, a difficult way, a way that will sometimes be mocked, a way that will sometimes be attacked, a way that sometimes will be, will be in every way, the, the most complex and difficult thing we've ever faced. And we thought it would be so easy. It wasn't that hard to go through the gate. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I've, I've, I ask your forgiveness for my stupidity and craziness to try to go that way when this is the right. That seems so easy. But then we meet things that we'll find are very tough. Very tough. Another joyful thing, the mystery of being at the gate and being shown the gate and coming through the gate is we have one another. We're not alone. The nature of the church of Jesus Christ is to be about Men who help men and women who help women and families who help families and parents who help children and older siblings who help younger siblings to follow in the narrow way. The church of Jesus Christ is not a building. It is not an organization. It is not a system. It is a community of people walking together on what to the world is a very narrow road. To the world is a road that the world doesn't want to walk. To the world, it's a road they don't even want us to walk. Because when we walk that road, they experience judgment. Not that we judge them, but that the truth judges them. 
The way is wide and easy. The other way is narrow and hard. Thank God if you have found that gate. Thank God if you have walked through that gate. Thank God if you have other people in your life who are helping you walk the narrow road. And that you are helping others to walk the narrow road. For then, we together are on the road to life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.